Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rasterized, a podcast about life and design with Sydney and Eric. This is episode four, Color Fonts and Color Palettes. Hey, Eric, how are you doing? All right, and how about you? Good. Uh, Hey, I want to ask you, did you have a nice trip? Yes, I did, actually. I went down to Washington, D.C. for a couple of days and met up with a friend from college, and we took some photos, and it was a good time. Those are gorgeous photos, by the way. I've seen them since she's posted them, and they're really cool. Oh, thank you. Yes, I want author, moody author photos like that. (laughs) Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was my first time shooting in, like, just basically a fancy hotel room, kind of. But they had a giant window, and it was really, really nice for that. I had lots of space. But uh, you just came back from a trip as well, I believe. I did. I did. I finally got to take a little bit of time off, and uh, I headed down south with my family to Florida. And it was really nice time, well-needed moment to stop, pause, rest, and relax. Um, I went kayaking. I swam in the ocean every day. I got beat up by the ocean a little bit. I have a scab on my knee. <laughs> but um, other than that, it was a really good time. Didn't get sunburn and ate a lot of great food. Just really glad I could go. So yeah, it was my trip. Have you ever kayaked before this trip? Um, yeah, weirdly enough, the only times that I've gone kayaking are at this place we go to in Florida. It's on the intercoastal where like the fresh water from the inland meets the salt water from the ocean. Um, and especially where we go, it's, it's kind of like a funky peninsula land formation. So uh, we're the freshwater and saltwater meet is where we go kayaking and we see manatee and dolphins. We didn't see any this time. We did see like a heron or a crane. I'm not sure which it was. But um, but in years past, we've gone kayaking and I've gotten to see the manatee. I don't touch them because <laughs> that's a big no-no. But they're super, super cool, um, especially up close. So um, yeah, just there. I- I'd like to go kayaking, though. I know a lot of people go kayaking in this area. Like they'll go on the Allegheny. If we're giving our location away, <laughs> I get a little bit. Um, but it sounds like a fun time. I think it's it's easier than canoeing from what I understand. So, I, I've done canoeing before, but I've never done kayaking. And I've always really? considered doing it because uh, the peninsula is a really great place to do it. So I've always considered really, to do it again. We are really giving our location away now. That's okay. They all know now. <laughs> <laughs> You're all insiders with us here. So um, we were going to talk this week about color fonts, and you brought this up to me. And I'm curious, what is your opinion on color fonts? Well, okay, so when I first was introduced to color fonts, it was some kind of like clickbaity headline, like, you know, this thing is going to change designers' lives forever, and it's with fonts. And let, I thought, oh, me, no. Let me interject for a second. Okay. Should we explain what a color font is first? <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Do do you want to? I'm trying to find the original article that was, you know, oh, my God, these are going to change our lives. Well, um, basically, color color fonts, not color fonts, Um, color fonts (laughs) are um, typefaces that have color on them. So more than just um, how you can like use CSS to apply colors to fonts. These are like built-in colors and designs, and they're made with either vector images or bitmap images, or uh, sometimes a combination of both. Um, and they have a lot of use, I believe, for emojis. Um, but beyond that, they kind of just have really fancy-looking designs. Um, I don't want to go into my opinion on them yet. Uh, 
I'll let you go with yours first. But right now, they're a really new technology, and they're not very widely supported, um, but they are working on making some standards for them. So I'll let you go back to your opinion on them. <laughs> right. Um. So, so wait, do you want to talk about our opinions on them? Yeah, well, do you want to have, like, a pause and then proceed with our opinions, or...? Well, like, do you see yourself using color fonts? I'm trying to... Where is the dang original article? Now I can't find it. Is it the what um, color, color fonts dot WTF? <laughs> color fonts dot WTF. Um, no. Oh, here it is. It's from Creative Market. So, like, I was low-key annoyed they were plugging their own fonts. Like, oh my god, these are going to change the world. And then they, like, link here's where to buy them from our website. Um, so I don't like when news is broken to me in such a manner. Okay, so anyway, I, I have it up. So my opinion of color fonts, I wasn't really sure what to expect when I first read that headline about, you know, this is the biggest thing for designers. Um, so I talked to my brother about color fonts. I was curious what his opinion was and as far as this being a typeface. And with him being in computer science, he had heard about a lot of you know waves people moving toward like SVG formats. So it what he said it didn't come as a surprise to him. And it it makes sense because it sounds like with these if we're looking at vector art, it's extremely scalable while still maintaining like a crisp edge. And with that in mind, as we're looking at the fonts, not only we have these like super, super clear, crisp, scalable um, fonts or typefaces, if you want, if you want to get mad at me and send some mail. Uh, but anyway, with we have the ability to store more information with the font. I'm just gonna go for font, whatever. Sue me, I don't care. Um, <laughs> so we we have more information that comes with the font. And for instance, I'm looking at this website called colorfonts.wtf, which is my reaction to, um, and I'm looking at uh, H in the middle of it, and we just see, like, it's a whole host of things. We have some, like, it looks like, kind of like shading, kind of like a drop shadow, but not, and there, <clears throat> there's, like, four different colors, and there's a stroke, and even art inside of the letter, so I... I'm excited for the potential that these fonts have uh, when used correctly. I think it'll be really exciting, especially things like poster design and marketing, whatever events. Uh, I really see these being um, used in those realms. But, but yeah, I think that's all I, I have to say about it. I guess some are just really obnoxious. <laughs> I'm not sure what case I would use and others I think are done really, really well. But what's your thoughts on the Merrick? Um... Kind of two words, uh, word art 2.0, not two words, but, um, I'm not really sold on the idea yet. Like they're all, I can understand the use of SVG and making it a vector format. That's all well and good, but a lot of the examples they have don't look like they're very universal and how I could use them. Like there's maybe one or two times and there's such highly designed fonts that I feel like you would immediately recognize them whenever they're used somewhere. And so it doesn't have mm -hmm. that originality or so, you know, some fonts can kind of like be used on multiple projects and no one even notices it. Um, these right. ones, like if you're using 
that Popsky font or the Bix of Color, you're immediately going to recognize it and see that that's what it is. So you can't make anything unique, you know, you can't use it for branding or anything because it's just the font is the brand. Um, yeah. And they're not going to be easy to edit yourself because you can't just hit use CSS on them and change the colors in them as far as I know. And that's a huge thing right now for web designers is being able to, you know, change the fonts to what they need. Um, so, Eric, we are all about ADA compliance on this podcast. You need to have your font color and your background of your website work. I know. And <laughs> I, I see that being hard to do with a lot of these. I mean, maybe for mm-hmm. print, it could be cool. But at that point, you can just, you know, make your own specifically for what you're doing anyways. So I don't know why having it as in a font would be as useful. Uh, when I was reading into it and how they were talking about it was useful to create emojis, I did see the value in that because that's something if you're having it ready to go in a messenger. I mean, that's how they all started about was they were all proprietary uh, ways to make emojis on uh, messengers. I can see that. Um, but they're so poorly supported right now that you couldn't put it on your own website for something serious because, you know, three quarters of the browsers wouldn't be able to use it, the one that you're using. Even if you pick another one, there's another three browsers that can't use it. So I, it definitely has a lot of growing pains to go through before I see it being a super, super useful thing. But the idea for it is pretty cool. I mean, they they got to be fun to make, I think. I mean, I would imagine... Um, like some of these, so if, for instance, if you look at this Popsky one, uh, I don't really know off the top of my head any other typefaces that incorporate uh, geometry, just, you know, the, to their refined purest shapes where you have like a square or a circle. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of information and a lot of illusions. There's just a lot going on. It's like putting art, like, I don't know how to, what the best way to be. It's like putting art into a letter. And yeah. There and you go. <laughs> what do you do if your colors aren't that green and pink? Like, right, how do you fit is... it into your design? You can't use CSS to adjust those because they're images, basically. Yeah, this is definitely risky where you can't do much branding with it. Pretty much would be like using papyrus in your logo. I'm like, that's my logo. Uh, especially if it's just like one word or yeah, there's just a lot going on here that you wouldn't be able to make a clear tie unless you, the designer made a color font for an organization from scratch. And it was exactly what they wanted. Like for instance, I do a lot with a hardware store ad. Um, and if the hardware store, I could see them doing something like with their red and black for their colors if they had like in their typeface um like little pictures of like tools or something cool like that but i think we're a ways away from there especially since um eric i don't know what browser you use but i use chrome and i was not happy to see that they're not widely supported on chrome so uh, yeah we have a way before um these are widespread yeah shockingly enough um the one that seems to have the most coverage is actually microsoft edge which i'm kind of shocked of but one of those formats is also microsoft so that kind of makes sense uh firefox is the other browser that has the most um uh support for color fonts um even that though it's not a whole lot um but yeah i i i jump between chrome and firefox and 
uh, whenever I was going to the websites that are talking about them, <laughs> most of the time the fonts couldn't show up. Uh, but um, there are a couple that I think have some merits, and I think that's a good transition to talk about our typeface of the week, um, which I think should be Gilbert, because it's the only one of the color fonts that I've seen so far that I kind of think, oh, I could see that being used in multiple places. Right. I agree. With Gilbert, I <laughs> I actually went through like downloading it. I was really excited to use it before I realized my dinosaur version of InDesign and Photoshop won't let me do anything with it, or even maybe Illustrator. One of the three. Uh, but even on its own, um, we, we like... Well, there's a lot of things we like about Gilbert. Eric, do you want me to let you go and start off some of yours while you think yeah. it's the um, good typeface? You can, and um, just to, to plug in, you can get Gilbert from typeofpride.com. Um, and it kind of, what I like about it is it features everything you can do with the color fonts. So it has the regular grayscale version, then it has a color version you can download, and it also has an animated version. And the animated version is something I really like. Um, it does this neat little draw-in with the different colors that it uses to make the letters. And I think it looks really clean and smooth. And that would look really great for a lot of different applications. because Plus, it uses like almost all the colors of the rainbow. So you can apply it to a whole bunch of different things. Um, so I, I think it's the strongest of the current col color fonts that are out there. I agree. This font definitely has a lot of applications. I really with the with the rainbow and and the fact that it's maybe all the colors and not limited to like three colors is part of the reason why it's easily applicable for different projects. I see this a lot with like designs for children's work, um, anything that has a lot of energy and passion. Um, I also really appreciate the geometric basis and this font that they built it on um and i remember reading somewhere that like every so often the color is reintroduced so it's supposed to be such that if you take the whole alphabet every color is in you know in a letter an equal amount of times which i thought was really neat so there's definitely a lot of thought here and there's a really cool backstory so what more could you want from a font it looks great it's really cutting edge as far as the technology, and there's a really cool social story behind it too. So, yeah, so go go try out Gilbert, try and use it in something, see if you can get it to run in a browser. <laughs> yeah, uh, last week we I know we were talking about sort. Oh shoot, sorry, Eric. Um, Source Sans Source? Pro. Okay, <laughs> all right. Let me go back. So. You know, last week we were talking about Source Sans Pro as our typeface of the week. And we are encouraging anyone out there who is using it in a project to send it our way. I used it in a couple ads I built and it worked really well. Um, usually, have I, I can't remember, Eric. Have I talked about Futura, the typeface on here? Yes, we. I think we mentioned it when we were talking about uh, Source Sans and Meriwether. Okay, right. So that's what I continued my thought in you know, applying it as a good substitute for Futura. So it, it was really clean and I really, really enjoyed using it. So thank you for that recommendation. I actually uh, used it as well. I took, um, since I'm one of the websites I'm working on is kind of related to the government. I actually just took the standards themselves and applied them to it. So I used Source Sans Pro and 
um, used Meriwether, I uh, actually ended up switching the recommendation from Meriwether to Meriwether Sands because um, I thought just on the website it looked a little cleaner um, for what I was using it because I wasn't using anything that was super heavy text. Um, mm-hmm. So I ended up going Source Sands Pro for headlines and Meriwether Sands for body text. I gotcha. I'm looking at Meriwether Sands right now. Um, yeah, I-, I like it. I like that. Even for like a sans serif font, it's got the little like bent T. I learned cursive back when I went to Catholic school, so some of those shapes kind of remind me of the you know, cursive or um, more of the shapes you would see with a serif font. So nice, nice choice. Yeah, it's basically Meriwether uh, serif without the dressings. Yeah, it's refined. Yeah, I, I, like it's good. I like Mer- <laughs> Meriwether itself it's kind of like the fine china you bring out for thanksgiving where i think this is like your everyday dishes your uh your your dixie cups and (laughs) dixie oh my are you having something in a dixie cup with your meals at home well you know after long days at work working with clients you just need something a little stronger (laughs) oh man so i only use dixie cups for my mouthwash but good to know you can dispose of the evidence in a timely manner there's this you know Portable shot glasses. Disposable shot glasses. <laughs> oh, see, I'm terrible. I never would have thought about that. Like, that connection didn't even occur to me. <laughs> I've never actually used them for that, but I suppose you could. I do know people who used, like, medicine cups as shot glasses, which is weird. Oh, I, I guess so. I guess you could. Desperate. <laughs> desperate times <laughs> call for desperate measures. When you got nothing else. Shot, uh, shot glasses are something I see a lot of people collect. Like from different places. Yeah. My guess is that they do it because they're widely available and pretty inexpensive. But who needs that many shot glasses? I guess you're... I I mean, I I can't say anything because I have a couple myself, but they're always bought by someone else. Explain the logic. Why? The logic of why I have shot glasses? It's because other people bought them for me and I I don't want to throw them away because they're gifts. (laughs) Oh, so... Is it something like people ask, like, "Hey, anything you want?" Or you know, it's like family members or you whoever. Know, I was here and I didn't want to buy you a stupid T-shirt, so I got you this oh. shot glass. And I have a Waldemir shot glass, which is odd for me. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice way to represent the area mm-hmm. with pride. Do you have a lot of experience with the pen tool? Good question. No, I don't, and it's super frustrating. I wish I understood it better. What about you? I would like to say I'm good at it. I don't <laughs> I don't know if I am super, super good at it, but um, I do use it all the time. I use it a lot for making uh, cutouts in Photoshop of things or to like uh, mix attempts at illustrating things. <laughs> um, but I did find a really cool game that you can play to learn the pen tool. Um, called the bezier method or the bezier game um and it's at bezier.method.ac and it's basically just a game where you have to make shapes um that are like on a grid for you um and you only get so many points to use with your pen tool and then you have to make all the uh shapes line up and everything you go through more complicated shapes as you go and you get fewer and fewer points to use um, 
really great game to try and learn how to use the pen tool. I, I really enjoyed it, and it, it, I learned some tricks that I didn't know before by playing it. So when you first told me about this and I got on to try it, um, it's it's <laughs> I think it's equally as frustrating for me to try and learn. Um, but yeah, from what I understand, the pen tool really was the tool that put Illustrator on the map. It's really powerful. Uh, good to know it, and this is a great way to try and practice it. Like I'm, I'm trying to do so right now. Like I don't know. I'm trying. I don't understand. So I like click in the center of the node, and I like pull my cursor away to make the line, but the line expands from both sides of the you know central node. Oh, um. Well, when, once you first click, it'll automatically be attached to your cursor. So you just click once, and then you click on the next place that you want it to go so you can just kind of like oh. make straight lines from dot to okay. dot and you only need to like click and drag whenever you want to make a curve no wonder i kept thinking i was deep in some terrible parabola because i had five curves going on <laughs> like what is this yeah it does have some tutorials uh, to help you out when you first start as well um but overall really cool cool little game uh, highly recommend you try it out. We'll have links down in the show notes for it. Sounds good. Oh, I'm seeing them animate how to do the circle with a curve. That's really cool. Okay, I think I'm like catching on. Yeah, we will have to like uh, t- tell tell us your highest score on the Bezier game on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, we want to hear from you. So let us know. Speaking of hearing from you, uh, we'd like to get some feedback on like for our listeners. Uh, what do you do what's your creative lifestyle history uh what kind of like struggles do you have as a uh, creative and what kind of things would you like to know or would would you like to hear about um because we'd uh, love to have some input on what kind of things we should talk about during these podcasts because right now we're pretty open-ended and just talk about whatever the heck we want to so (laughs) if there's some uh subject that you'd like to hear about or you're wondering about or um something that uh, you thought was cool and would like people to know about, uh, give us a shout out and we'll, we'll, we'll respond to you. Exactly. Um, you know, Eric and I starting this podcast out, we made the joke that when we are talking through our microphones or recording, it sounds like to ourselves, we're kind of talking to this invisible third person in the room. And now we've, we've got some numbers. Like we, we've got some people who are listening and tuning in. So we'd like to hear from you and, and your creative work. And like Eric saying, you know, things that you've liked, um, feedback, things that you find to be interesting, or maybe some topics. We're always open to topic suggestions too. Yeah. Even if it's something like, oh man, I can't stand listening to Eric. He's too quiet or too loud or something. <laughs> Like, let me know, because this is mostly a uh, personal challenge for me to try and become a better public speaker and to learn how to record a little bit more and edit a little bit more. Um, So if I'm doing something bad or good, let me know. I can take the criticism. I don't need no Sarah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just let me know. Um, So yeah, we really appreciate your feedback. We're really, you know, thankful you guys are tuning in and listening and finding something from our podcast. So just let us know some of your thoughts and we're excited to hear from you. That's good. It's hard whenever you're trying to like address the audience directly because otherwise then you suddenly become cognizant that they're there. (laughs) Right. Even though they're they're not there, but they are there. Like I'm looking off to the right when the darkness that I can't see, I'm like, there's like a hundred people there. 
<laughs> I know it's really weird knowing the numbers now because it's like, oh gosh, there's a small group of people. I, I honest, Not even like a small group now. I wasn't gonna ever look, and then I looked, <laughs> and I like I got a little shocked. <laughs> it's like in school you know like how they do the class rank and when you like print your transcript off it'll say you are x number out of how many classmates Mm -hmm. um well numbers freak me out (laughs) so when i was in school i never wanted to look it just not my thing and um then one day i did look and i got so obsessed with my number and like i'm numbered this and it was like really empowering and then the next year i like you know drop but um so so you only like to know the number when it's good (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's lame no i mean i've I've always had a weird relationship putting a quantitative number with my work and just for my perfectionist tendencies drives me crazy so that's why i shy away from like knowing my rank or this or my gp well i mean i know my gpa but some people are really weird and ask, like, what did you get on that test? And, you know, no, I'm not disclosing that information. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. You're wanting that privacy over everything. Yeah. And ultimately, yeah. a lot of that stuff isn't important in the long run. So no reason to give yourself extra stress over it anyways. Exactly. You didn't think this episode was actually back to school, but surprise. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone is going back to school today. I didn't realize that. So you've been out of college for a few years now. What? Sorry, I didn't mean to date you if you (laughs) or age you or put a number on that. Um, So since you've been out of college for a bit now, what's it like in the fall seeing people go back to school and knowing none of that applies to you? I don't really notice it, I guess. I've just been I'm too focused on what I'm doing at the time. It just feels natural to not be there. Which is, I don't know, I guess weird, because I, I guess it helped that even before I was done, I was still going back and helping out with, like, the freshmen and teaching them how to do stuff with Photoshop and stuff for the newspaper, and I'm still doing that now, so that didn't change. Um, so that, I guess that kind of eased the transition into, like, just, you know, I just, oh, I don't go to classes now. <laughs> hey, that works. Um, I had a dream a couple weeks ago that I was late for school. And, or no, we, we, we talked about this. What was it? Oh, I, I keep having dreams. I never have dreams that they take away my college diploma, but I have dreams that they take away my high school diploma. And in this latest iteration of that dream, it was I needed to go back to high school, which I completely hated. Uh, I had to go back and finish a gym class because one of my gym classes didn't count and they were going to take my diploma away over that. And every time I have one of those dreams, I just wake up the next morning mad. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of younger relatives in my life, and my brother is still uh, in school, so I guess I still feel it more. And since last fall, I don't know if I want to say this, well, I recently finished school, and it was a race to the end for me to try and get, like, what, however many, like, remaining credits I needed. It was just, like, a super, super busy time. So, um... This has been really nice to see everyone else freak out about school and getting supplies and just continue on with my average life now, I guess, as an adult and um, just enjoying the season without any of the existential crises. So I did have a moment in Walmart today. I was walking past all the back to school supplies and I was like, I don't need any of that anymore. (laughs) No, you are free. Free as a bird. 
I can just go straight to the groceries and buy food. (laughs) (laughs) No three by five index cards for you, sir. Yeah. Oh, I miss index cards. They're they're still useful for things. Um, Is that your favorite, like, back to school supply? Probably notebooks more than note cards. Mm-hmm. I was one of those that had had to have a separate notebook for every class. Me too. To write all my notes in because I didn't like mixing them. Yes. Did you like college ruled or wide ruled? Oh, college ruled. Why? It's just <laughs> wasting space to have wide ruled. Yeah. Yeah. Like I. I mean. I crammed in. I did not like using more than one page per class, so I crammed those notes in. <laughs> did you have a method? Like, did you do um? Like, did you make an outline, or did you Cornell note, or did you just go with it? I I was kind of a little stupid and crazy about my note taking. I if it was on the board or if the professor said it, I wrote it down. <laughs> and I usually that's didn't, not stupid or crazy. It was, but I I did everything. Like I would write page numbers down and references and everything. And I the thing was I didn't usually go back and read my notes again. It was just the process of writing it down. It was kind of how I memorized it. Because mm-hmm. I don't know hey, that that I, seemed to work for me. I completely understand, which is probably why we're such good friends. Because I was the same way too. Um, I don't know how many times I went back and checked my notes, but since I'm a writer stuck out i i remembered it better like oh yeah i remember jotting this down whatever and i like to make a special kind of like annotate my notes or make a like sub notes about what was going on in class to try and help contextualize it um so that way it stayed with me but yeah that's how i took my notes too um although not on exclusively college ruled paper there was a mix of wide ruled and college ruled and i had like a dot grid notebook from um oh is it moleskin or moleskin? I think it's moleskin. Okay. Well, I've been saying moleskin, and <laughs> I'm always fearful I'm going to mispronounce it and then just get, you know, ragged on. Hey! Moleskin is actually used for, like, as a dressing for wounds and stuff. You can put it on your, if you have a blister on your foot, you use moleskin to cover it. Today I learned. <laughs> wow, what a fun fact. That's from my uh, Boy Scout days. Aw, <laughs> any other fun Boy Scouting facts? I know how to tie a knot. A knot, at least. (laughs) (laughs) Is this like the generic knot, or is this like a specific kind of knot? No, I had a bowline knot was my favorite, because it's the one you could tie one-handed and save your life, so it was like the useful one to know. (laughs) Ooh, I want to know that one. Uh, I only know one. I don't even know the name of it, but it's such that you can tie up a dog or a horse, in my case, um, and when they pull against the knot, it just tightens, but if you pull it like from a short end it releases it so this might be the same knot i don't know um i don't know i'm looking at the images right now i i i can't like i don't even remember if the name of mine is right it's been a long time since i did any knot tying in boy scouts (laughs) yeah it um it's similar but i don't think it's the very same i'll have to get back to you on what the actual name of mine is but yeah, huh. So, um, I was looking for a good transition into talking about color palettes, but, um, oh, um, I don't have anything good to combine colors and knots. <laughs> well, okay. I'm going to, this might be a, a far stretch, but I'm going to go for it. Okay. So, speaking about knots, um, 
You know the other thing that was nuts today? Now, this is, is this really the road you want to go down? That's the transition that you... <laughs> well, I wanted to bring up a very valid point that during the eclipse today, if you don't know what day of the week we record this podcast, so during the eclipse, I noticed that the lighting where I was was really, really flat, and the sky color was really, really intense, um, and even though it didn't per se like darken, the hue of everything did. Okay. Like, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't from a like a like a lack of light, but it I mean, like the intensity increased. I guess the um, I guess it technically is kind of light because you're having less of it being sent because of the moon. But relative to the brightness of the sun, I guess all the colors would be a bit more saturated. Right. Well, I, I should also preface this with I am in no way, shape or form a science expert. And I know I'm probably butchering the language here, but um. But yeah, colors. Even I don't know if I used hue correctly there. Uh oh. Um, you get the gist. <laughs> but um, one of the things we wanted to talk about with color palettes is um, how do you pick them and how do you choose them? Because I know I'm personally bad at whenever you just throw a color picker at me to being able to find colors that I want to use or things that I think look good together. So I use a few tools to kind of help me pick out stuff. And one of those is Adobe Capture, uh, and it's a app for your phone that you can, if you see something that you like the colors of, you can whip out the app and take a picture of it, and it will pick out five colors from whatever you're taking a photo of and put them in some type of uh, color palette together. And then you can ship that off to your Photoshop or your InDesign and use it in your projects. I think it's a really neat little tool. Uh, that I would highly recommend you download and give it a little bit of a try if you're uh, part of the uh, Adobe CC uh, subscriptions. So I want to ask, because I don't have the Creative Cloud, I just have my dinosaur programs. Um, do I have to pay for this? I don't think so. I think you can download the app for free. I just I think you don't get to do use the uh, syncing of the libraries. Oh. Um you you might still be able to i'm not sure um but i i I believe you could still download it and use it to get the colors because it'll give you the uh the hex keys or the rgb values of the colors that you pick so you could just use those and just trade them over that's that was my next question if it broke it down as such does it give you any cmyk values yeah, it'll give you everything. Uh, you, you can choose RGB, Ooh. HSL, um, CMYK, hex, whatever floats your boat. Oh, well, good. That's annoying to me when I have, you know, color picker and it's exclusively like hex code or the RGB values. Like, no. <laughs> I'm personally a fan of hex codes, um, but that's because I, I do a lot of website stuff, I think. I think I find hex, co- well, hex codes easy. Well, I mean, I like them. I just don't like it if it's just the hex code or just like the RGB values. Well, I guess, I don't know. I don't want to make that assumption. Never mind. Um, I'm glad that they have the CMYK values because that makes my life a little bit easier. Yeah. You, then you don't have to like take them out and com- use a converter or something. It's just right there for you. I never feel like when I do a conversion from RGB to CMYK, the color is, uh, maybe it's pretty close, but... I don't know. What What's your favorite way to like find palettes? Do you look up references online? Do you check like Pinterest or something? What's your favorite way to find color palettes or inspiration for colors? Ooh, good point. 
I have at work, <laughs> conveniently I don't have it on my, my computer at home, but at work on my Chrome browser, I have an extension that every time I bring up a new tab, it pulls up a color palette, which is super cool. Um, I, I really enjoy that and I try and make a note of cool colors I see. Um, That's cool. There was, what, 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 yeah, what kind of plugin is that? Um, let's see, color palette Chrome extension because there's two there's one that's just straight up color which is really cool and there is another one that has color and like different typefaces so okay uh, what is it it's not that one okay so the one i use the extension for chrome it's called palette tab all one word um it's i don't know i i really like it sometimes the colors they you know, they're the palettes they pull up have names like this one I'm looking at in the preview is called Blue Gum Dreams and it's different shades of blue with like a, a cream or a crew color and orange. And like I said, it has typefaces that go with it too. Um, if I believe they're all like Google fonts that are, I'm going to sound like a dummy Google fonts, right? Google fonts. Yeah, that's those are the ones that you can get right um, from. Yeah, the Google font site. Right. Right, yeah, yeah I definitely that. Well, that. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, they have lobster. Eric, were you the one who asked me what my opinion was on lobster? I don't recall, but what is your opinion on lobster? Well, so, okay. Someone asked me, <laughs> with no context, hey, what are your thoughts on lobster? And I said, I think it's great. And they responded, I think it's overused. And I'm like, is what? Lobster Excuse a, you? A, a typeface or a color? Well, here's the thing. I thought they were talking about the delicious crustacean. No, they were talking about the typeface. And they said that as a typeface, you know, it's overused. And I said, well, as a food, it's underused because I'd like to see lobster and more things. I didn't even know lobster was a font. So, or a typeface. Really? So. Oh, you should look it up. It's, um, it kind of reminds me of like Playfair, like kind of like curvy and fun. Um, with all the dressings, it's kind of feminine. Oh, see, I probably would never use this. Right. So where you have more of a use, you know, like you show me all the cool sans serif fonts or clean, clean fonts when I have to do all these like little ads. I know a bunch of like handwriting looking fonts and things like that, that you probably wouldn't. Yeah. So I, I like that about our friendship though, our different design backgrounds differ enough that we can teach each other new things yeah uh, i'm uh, like i'm really unfamiliar with any type of script font i don't really ever use them for anything um mm. so i don't get a lot of exposure to them um uh, one of my favorites right now it's called sign painter um i think that one's like pretty pretty solid um and i like to use that in f different ads i make so yeah oh interesting oh yeah i could i could definitely see that okay yeah now now we've asked for you know listener submission they're gonna say sign painters over you <laughs> just kidding <laughs> i would um, like to hear everyone's favorite typeface what do they like to use i know everyone's got their own couple yeah, favorites yeah that would definitely help out we, we only can come up with so many for the typeface of the week no i'm just kidding <laughs> it would be great to hear especially you know people who work in different fields they have exposure to different styles of typefaces so yeah lay it on us so yeah, palette tab. Sorry, that was the extension. Palette tab. Palette tab. Um, okay, that's cool. We'll have to, we'll put links for that down in the show notes as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, speaking of, did you see the Adobe site for color fonts? 
no, I don't think I did. Okay, you're going to want to Google this real quick. Um, color.typekit.com. Oh, yes, I have. Actually, I have seen this. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> I don't know, it kind of like brings back to the point. I don't know how much of a professional use this is going to have unless maybe you work at BuzzFeed. No offense, BuzzFeed. I love you. Um, but for either of us, I'm not really sure what we could really use this for. So. Yeah, I mean, they kind of, from looking at this site, they nailed what the only, the major thing I think it would be for is for emojis. That's the only like really obvious thing I see it for. Um, just a convenient way so to like, use that. But like the, the tra- Trojan? Is that? Trojan? Tro- well, it's not an O, it's T-R-A-G-A-N. I think it's. Maybe it is Trojan, but it looks like Trojan or Trahan. I don't know. But the Trahan color concept, I don't see a use for that. (laughs) That Yeah, I don't see the color version. So, so like, (laughs) just a quick question (laughs) to go back to it. Um, With having an emoji typeface, would that kind of spare us the hassle? So, for instance, like on my Mac... If I want to add an emoji to, like, a Facebook conversation, I have to, like, insert a special character and through that panel. So would that kind of take care of that? I mean, I think that's how that panel works, is it's just switching the font, and then that font is being shown as a bunch of emojis. Oh, okay. So um, that's that's what I think the major use is. And that's why um, I think Google and Apple had their own versions of this at some point in time. And that's why your smiley emoji looks different on an iPhone than it would an Android phone. Um, because, because they have the, like they added the ASCII codes for them, for the emojis, but it's basically the emoji font that your, uh, operating system is using to be able to display that ASCII emoji. So instead of having, you know, colon right parentheses, you're just having a smiley face <laughs> take that place. Mm-hmm. You know, I always appreciated that with um, Android phones that I could send the smiley face with the nose and it would show up as a little Android. Yeah. And so they like, they all had their versions of this and that, yeah, that's, that's where I think this will be the most useful. And a lot of that's being pushed by a probably younger folk using it. I can't imagine a lot of people are a bosses are sending emojis to each other <laughs> oh geez no i i can't i can't you know no i don't see it that this is definitely like fun and i don't i have to laugh because in the history of typefaces like i'm looking at people that you know reading about different topographers and the seriousness and the art and you know with the letting and you know, all of this very 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 hard work and not saying that color fonts wouldn't require a lot of hard work either um but it's just it's gone from something that's like super super serious to more playful Uh, yeah i could kind of see that um that's definitely not a bad thing i don't think um it's it's always great to have fun with design um but yeah i'm interested in seeing and how it matures as a technology um and the creative ways that people end up using it Likewise, I'm just watching a little swirl of poop float around right now. But yeah, (laughs) I'm interested in seeing how this advances as well. So I think that's pretty good for this week. Um, We'll see you all next week. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. See you, everyone. Goodbye.